All right, welcome back to the What on Earth podcast. Today I'm joined by Mr. Evan, you who you guys may know from films such as uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, yeah, I can't think of another like film with a mustached man at the moment. I'm sure there's many, but Evan, how are you? Good, how are you doing? Um, I'm pretty good. So today we wanted to talk to you guys about the state of the stock market, finances, the financial market, but with a kind of focus here in the beginning on oil, like what's going on with oil. And this thing with oil was like kind of crazy. Like I I think I brought this up before that I know that something is like going on and, and it's like a wide widely known thing when my parents ask me about it and it's like a related to finances like they they don't like keep up with these things at all so like when they ask me about uh, about oil i they're like what's going on i i knew that you know um people knew about this and i'm sure that there's still some people who are confused about this situation basically with oil prices that actually went negative but we'll get on to this and uh and explain it in due time. Um, Evan, have you been have you uh, been tracking the price of oil at all? I want to. I'm just asking because I had no. In, I have no interest in commodities like this at all. Anything like that. Yeah. But were you someone who was familiar with like these kind of like commodity markets at all before? Um. I not as much uh, like overall commodities as much like I, I did start paying attention to oil a couple months back when this all started um, just because I was interested in, in a couple of uh, a couple of like the energy oil related stocks. Um, I think we talked about it on one of the last podcasts. Oh, that's I meant, right. I, re- I recommended one of them. Um, but and then I stopped I stopped paying attention to it for about a month. And I just the last couple of days I've read a couple of articles. Um, and it seems like, I don't know, I remember at the, it, it's kind of, I don't want to say it's like paralleled, like with what, how the stock market's gone, but it's been kind of similar to the point where it like really tanked really hard uh, a couple months back. Like I think in uh, at the end of March, the, the U.S. benchmark for oil, for oil was like, it was at about the, the price of a cup of coffee, $5 and then it even reached negative, um, because just there was there was so much supply and no demand, right? Nobody's driving around, and on top of that, um, the Saudis were were like in a you know in a battle with Russia, and they were basically producing too much in a time when supply was also coming down. So they were increasing production while supply was going down. It wasn't even like that production stayed constant. It was that they were also increasing it and uh, supply was going down, but now it's kind of rebounded. Um, I think today, last time I checked, it reached like 32 or $33 a barrel for the first time. And like, it was like, I think that they, they said that was the first time, the, the high of in the, well, the past two months. So it's had a slight rebound similar to the stock market, but uh, it's still nowhere near where it was. Uh, few months ago and that's just gonna happen with with, you know with less people driving around Mm -hmm. yeah i i know about i remember hearing about uh saudi arabia trying to drive some of the u.s oil producers out of business as well uh because the cost of oil if i'm 
correct per barrel. I was looking at a chart saying, and um, the cost to produce a barrel of oil for Saudi Arabia, I believe, I don't know if you know, but I think it's around $18 about there. Uh, Russia, I think, sits around 20 or $22. I think it might be around 22 And the U.S. is up around like 25 So um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Saudi Arabia, after oil prices dipped, they started to increase production so that these U.S. companies, you know, the, the, the price would be driven down and the U.S. companies would be producing oil and not being able to sell it profitably. So they were taking advantage of that situation. But this whole thing, like even coronavirus, obviously, as, as a whole, is just completely unprecedented and and um, had like a completely crazy effect on the market. Obviously, we know in, in March and April to, yeah, like it was March, right? Um where we had like the biggest ever points decline ever um, in history on one day, I'm pretty sure. And then we had also yeah. uh, the biggest drop daily or weekly drop since like 87, 1987, I believe. Yeah. But yeah, so it took West, like West Texas intermediate is kind of like the benchmark of oil that they use in the U S um, yeah. so it took them into negative territory, this crash, like, it, it, I have it here. It says it, it reached actually minus $40.32 per barrel. It was negative. And, the, and um, for May, the futures prices of oil went down to minus $37.63. This is all in USD, by the way. So that is the lowest price in the history of oil futures contracts by far. Um, and do you like... This is obviously a supply and demand problem, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Sorry, you cut out there for a second. Oh, I said this is obviously a supply and demand problem, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of just lost my train of thought here. Uh, I have some notes here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. My notes just disappeared. But, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> It's 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 gonna be interesting. It's gonna it's gonna. I think it, uh, the whole thing is gonna parallel. Um, it's gonna it's gonna draw it's gonna draw a parallel to like what the situation is with COVID. Obviously now as things start to open up and we see more activity, and you know we'll see an increase in demand. But it, yeah. it could it could all go it could all fall even worse if if we open up and then all of a sudden we see a spike in deaths. Then they have to like go revert back to like a big lockdown and maybe even like a more uh, a more strict lockdown like they had in Italy, right? So it's uh, it's a very delicate situation and it's just gonna um, draw close parallel to to the the COVID situation. And I've I've also kind of just been uh, reading a couple more articles. I read yeah. one on the, the Times the other day, and it's not to be like a, a downer, but like things are looking pretty grim in terms of like a vaccine i think i've honestly i got thought about it and i i honestly think that uh government heads and like because you don't hear it in the news right nobody talks about like when this vaccine is all you hear about is like the new numbers every day like the state has this many numbers and here's an outbreak there and they talk talk a lot about the negative numbers but they don't really talk about potential optimism because i think there, there is too much optimism um 
like we're talking about a vaccine being ready for for like 18 months and i i read this article in the times i'll send it to you later but it basically said like that's a way too optimistic timeline they and they went through the process of like how vaccines have to have you know different stages um to get approved right and then like so and they talked about like the percentages of like how many vaccines start out past stage one and then from there how many percentage of the ones that passed on like get past the stage two and then so it was like a five-stage process and after they get through the five-stage process it's like all right, we're starting human trials and then they started on a very low number of human people so we're talking about like a few hundred people or, or sorry about i think first they start on like less than 100 people then they'll go on to a few hundred then a few thousand a thousand no, we're, um, you cut out you cut out a bit oh uh, where, where was it a few thousand um yeah so so after like when they do these these trials like there has to be when they start out with 100 let's say they start out with like less than 100 they got to wait a few months to see like the long term not really long term but like kind of the short term effects on what the vaccine does right and then if everything looks okay then they'll start trying out on more people and it's just like a lengthy process so 18 months looks really optimistic yeah i I personally haven't even been thinking about a like the vaccine at all because i think probably uh herd immunity will come before that anyways like like and they're saying like i'm a bit confused about if people are able to be reinfected or not um because yeah, i know there's I a bunch of different either. strains so i'm not quite sure on that point but as we know like the you know trump is trying to open the economy back up and and we see countries around the world starting to open back up and attempt to resume normal life um in terms of the market like i i've been i'm normally a bull uh, in the market but like i've been a like quite bearish as the market's been going up lately um i think that right now the stock market is kind of priced in like the perfect situation like have you seen how much the market's risen lately what perfect for like a disaster to happen yeah they no they priced in like this is what the market is priced in that people you know lockdown after it gets lifted everything goes exactly back as it was all these companies are doing the same numbers and growth and you still get the same amount of customers coming into your restaurant or whatever but that's just not going to happen yeah yeah that's what the prices you're saying. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Like the, that's what the prices indicate. That yeah. oh yeah, don't worry. Once we're back in a few months, everything will be back to normal. That's just not the case. And that and that's what it, that's what I mean when I say like the prices right now are just a recipe for disaster. Oh yeah, big time. Like uh, and also if you think about the the unemployment numbers right now are unprecedented. Like never seen in the yeah. U.S. Never seen anything like it before. I don't, I don't know the exact number, but I saw last week, you know, when they come out with the, the, I don't know if it's like a monthly report, but it was like, I think it was 20%, unemployment was 20% higher than, than, uh, than what was expected. Right. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I've, I've also heard cases of like, you know, there's so much information out there. You don't really know what to release. So you got to like look at your sources, but um, they were also talking about how they believe that unemployment numbers were like, being like severely underreported like a lot of 
keep a lot oh, of businesses yeah. for whatever re- whatever potential reason they may have like they might be doing it it is that they're not like technically classifying people as un- as uh, unemployed so yeah i've i've seen reports of that too that like uh the actual not also in terms of in like cases of the actual virus who knows the actual number of it who knows the actual number of people who are really unemployed um that like we may never actually know and the even the government may not know like or they just may not you know be aware really like who knows with with that leadership but yeah, we'll we'll get onto the market later, but I just wanted to come back to the like supply and demand problem with oil. So we talked about like yeah, people aren't leaving their houses and and driving around, um, and that is mainly what, uh, or part of what's driving it down. Another reason that is definitely like a massive factor in driving down these prices. Uh, is that nobody's traveling and airlines consume a massive amount of fuel like like people anyone can guess this just by looking at the size of an airplane and the distance that they have to travel like no one's no one's going anywhere and these airlines are all grounded so no like yeah it's just not being consumed there well yeah exactly so we talk about i talked about like people driving around less you're talking about airlines so that's i think like the biggest three sources of like of oil are probably airlines um you know people commuting around with cars or and whatnot and then also factories like these consume large amounts of oil and you know if people are laying off production that's another that's a, another source of, uh, of a decline yeah especially like yeah, because obviously people working in most factories will be, will have been, uh, or you know, in production, obviously will have been furloughed probably. But so yeah, those are the reasons we have that, you know, among others, some other factors. But those are the main reasons why these prices would have been uh, driven down. Like overall, uh, like it's used for other things other than travel and and uh, and driving but overall less things are being purchased in total so that like also has an effect obviously um unless you know unless you're someone who lives at home like we do and you're getting served checks or you know people might be spending that money online i know i've seen a lot of people spending a lot of money on online shopping lately um yeah so a lot of people ask, like, how can a price turn negative on oil? Like, what what does this mean? Um, so just to give, like, a very short explanation in a few sentences, the industry basically hasn't been able to, to slow their production down fast enough, right, to, to counter, like, the sudden drop in demand. Um, and also the mechanism that normally stabilizes, like, the prices – of, of oil the u.s oil storage so like they'll they'll store or release like a certain amount of oil just to like you know keep the demand and supply even i guess and and stabilize the price of oil 
that that facility is near capacity and so are other uh, facilities and we got to talk about uh we got to talk about um some some different plays on this and ways to make money but prices have gone negative because traders with contracts they have contracts that take delivery and oil of oil in may they fear they won't be able to store it right because there's just yep. nowhere for them to put it and and then storage costs like at that point like it becomes more than the cost of the barrel like when the petrol prices go negative yeah exactly and you yeah yeah perfectly put so with any situation like this though like money can be made and there's a big like money making opportunity do you have you have you seen any any opportunities out there in the market to make money with this by the way we're not financial advisors don't do anything that we say just as in a terms of, in terms of like energy stocks yeah energy or oil or anything uh, any plays like this well, there was the there was a name I the, I don't know if you remember the name I mentioned like when we did one like one of these uh, stock talks like a month or two ago. Uh, mm-hmm. Sonovus Energy. I really love. You know, so I invested a bit a little bit in them. Kind of disappointed I didn't invest more at the time. Um, they're they were trading at two dollars and forty fifty ish cents when I when I recommended it at the time and now I'm just looking at it right now and they closed at five dollars and sixty cents today. Oh damn. A double so, up. Yeah, like in a month. hundred and sixty percent increase there. Kind of disappointing that I didn't invest oh, more, but oh well. Yeah. yeah. You know. Hindsight hindsight's twenty twenty. But uh I don't know, like I'm kind of I'm kind of skeptical to put like uh, at, uh, to put money in anything right now with, with the way the market is, I'm kind of anti. I think like prices are so high right now. Um, I'm I'm uh, like I'm anticipating. I don't. I just can't. I don't feel comfortable. Like I like, you know, you usually you should invest in something if you feel like. I know we're talking about commodities now, but if you feel like you can go to sleep at night and wake up the next morning and like without knowing the stock price, you feel comfortable knowing that you invested in like a good business. Right. Um, but I don't know, just with the way the market is right now and how, you know, the whole economy is kind of falling apart, as we alluded to uh, a few minutes ago. I just don't feel comfortable putting money into anything right now unless it's like already kind of hanging at, at around lows. Right. Yeah, I'd say that 99 percent of the market, 99.9 percent of the market right now is simply untouchable. Like if you don't have your money in these stocks already, I would urge people do not get FOMO. You know, like a lot of people have seen the market run up over the past few weeks and month and they'll get FOMO, right? Like they'll see the huge gains that people have gotten after buying the dip and and they'll get FOMO and they'll be like, oh, maybe if I buy now, it'll it'll keep running up a little more and I can just make a quick buck. I want to tell people that that almost never works because the stock market is irrational and uh you just can't beat it really you just have to you got to play play its game and buying uh, because you have FOMO is a losing strategy all the time it's it's yeah absolutely because usually well and the reason for that is usually when when you get FOMO is like when you start seeing things go up so if I'm looking at a stock for example that just like got absolutely tanked at like 
at the whole at the at the onset of the the virus, right? And let's say it's like you know it's dropped by like sixty percent, and all of a sudden, but like let's say it hit that like low, like most stocks hit like a low around like toward the mid to end of the March. Um, but if you know like you start seeing the price go up over a week, you're like, oh damn, it's starting to rise up. Like I want to hop on. Usually, so that's that's where you usually in situations where you have FOMO. But, and I, I gotta say, like, in my opinion, like, I don't, um, th- those are like the times that it's like most riskiest, uh, to invest, right? Cause like an investment or a stock always becomes more risky as, as its price goes up, not as it goes down, right? And anybody, any like investor that has like common sense kind of realizes that, right? Exactly. Like, there's no, there's never ever in my eyes been a better, example of this than with my investment in tesla when tesla got beaten down so bad to like the 180 range i started buying the stock at like it wasn't exactly a one i think it was like like 190 ish around like in the 190s and i remember when i was buying that stock i started telling people i'm like yeah there's no way this this stock should be 190 dollars it's ridiculous the opportunity they have in front of them plus the numbers are doing now like they're gonna beat all their all like their you know, the analysts had set really poor, uh, you know, price or like earnings for them in their upcoming reports. Like they, because everyone on Wall Street looked at Tesla like a fucking joke, right? They, they yeah. thought, oh, there's no way that anyone, <laughs> this company is going to be uh, profitable any day. And they, Tesla beat them, um, beat the analysts, I'm pretty sure over the last few quarters. Uh, and no, I just remember buying that stock because it around that time and it just gotten beaten down so badly and i remember my parents were saying or my dad was saying like oh you know you shouldn't buy tesla it's like it's not it's not a good stock and i i remember people at work telling me like like tesla like they they kind of like you know were like like what is this what are you talking about man you you're, you're going to buy tesla stock are you an idiot like people yeah. kind of giving me that sort of reaction and then it went on this insane run where it reached $900 from that point. And every day I'd go into work, people were saying like, yo, did you see Tesla today? Did you see Tesla today? I'm like, no, nah, man, I didn't check the price. I'm just like, I'm confident in Tesla and I yeah. don't need to check the price every day. And these people, yo, they started buying a bunch of people. I know started buying Tesla stock, uh, around, uh, I think around like the 700s. And even that's not a bad, it's not a bad investment, dude. It's not bad because it's up in what the 800s now. But, and and I believe that it's going to be uh, over $2,000 stock within a few years. But, you know, if if you if you loved the company at $700, you should absolutely fucking worship the ground that it walks on at $190. Because yeah, well, <laughs> nothing changed that, fundamentally. Well, that's. Those aren't investors. Those are like speculators, basically. Yeah, I Ooh. guess. They just have FOMO. That's all it is. Dude, there's never been a better example than with Tesla for FOMO. Like, people, it, I've never seen people talk about a stock like they talked about Tesla. You know, I've obviously only been in the market for four years now, I think. Four? When did I? When did. Oh my God. Four years. Yeah. Yeah. Four. Um, and in that, in those four years, you know, it's a short, shortish time in terms of investing, but like 
I've never seen a stock talked about like Tesla. Like it, it really became big in like pop culture, and people were talking about a stock. It's just yeah. So we have the market um, steady climbing, kind of. It seems every day. I think today it, it just went down about like what like 0.5 percent, but we have yeah. Sharp decline at the end of the day, but only because oh, it was no, pretty it, much it was one point five, yeah, percent, not five. It was, yeah, it was pretty much even, uh, even like hanging around even the whole day, and then it just like had a sharp decline in the last hour or so. I think. The, yeah, I but, don't know uh, what would cause that, but I mean, other than I don't know. Like, I'd like to. I kind of like. You look at like obviously the Dow Jones, S and P five hundred. I look at the Nasdaq too. Um, you know. From from February when we were riding like back in like late February, so I'm looking at February 20th here when we're riding uh, riding like you know market highs like all not all time highs but uh, at least like highs for the last year. Yeah, and, uh, week highs probably. Yeah, exactly. Right. So you know from February 20th for a month until March 20th, we're talking about 30% the Nasdaq went down. Right. And that was that was pretty much when it hit the low. So it lost thirty percent. From then, it's climbed up thirty three percent. So just mm-hmm. to put that into perspective, um, we're talking about from February until today. After everything that's gone, like the economy's falling apart, unemployment's at at a, like unbelievable highs, and the Nasdaq from February twentieth, when everything was at fifty two week high is down 5.8%. Take that into perspective. How fucking crazy is that? Uh, yeah, I also just want to say, I believe we're, I believe year over year that we're actually up on the Dow, or no, not the Dow, on the S&P 500, I think. The NASDAQ, I believe year over year. Yeah, so the NASDAQ were up year over year. The S&P 500 were yeah. up uh, year over year. The Dow Jones were not, but... Yeah, Dow, no. But the, uh, dude, can you take in... Okay, who would ever, like, logically think, like, okay, say you take uh, some analysts and you, you tell them that this this time last year, say, explain the whole situation that's going on to them, like, that has just happened to us now, and then tell them that the market is going to be up year over year, the S&P 500 will be up year over year, they're going to say, no, there's no fucking way, it's not possible, yeah. but, like, it, it's crazy, to think that like what is this i got i don't know like i gotta think there's gotta be like a few factors there obviously like i think donald trump is going to use uh the stock market not the economy as a whole because the economy is in the shits right now but he's going to use the stock market as kind of like his his platform and his like springboard for for his the uh because the u.s is there's an election uh and coming up in the fall right yeah. For, and so I got to think that, you know, he's obviously pumped up, you know, the Fed, how many trillions of dollars has the Fed pumped into the market? So obviously he's, that's kind of his goal is keeping the market up through this pandemic. And then you also have like kind of people who have, um, we've seen like a major spike in, in kind of like day trading with people who had never oh. traded before, never invested or like opening up their personal trading accounts, a few thousand dollars to spare and they're like throwing money in the market. So I just gotta think that's the market, and it's just a recipe for disaster. When you, you know, when we just 
we just uh, when you consider what we just talked about with what's happened this year and that the market is only down like you know the Nasdaq's down about five percent, the S and P's down from from February maybe like ten ten percent, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, it's that's a point well made. But I just to round us off here, I also want to talk about uh, the government backstopping everything, right? Like like basically the banks are now government institutions if they weren't before now they're even more like like the and and uh so the government i believe in the u.s they backstopped like a ton of like airlines a bunch not a ton like a bunch of airline stocks and then like banks and stuff this is the thing like they're they're giving out stimulus checks they're backstopping everything what can come from this like surely nothing good no, uh, honestly, like, I don't know. That's what I'm like. I'm concerned about. I don't know what what the the long term reper- like economic repercussions are here. Cause never, like this is kind of unprecedented in our time. So I don't really have anything to like look back and and uh, you know compare it to. So I don't really know what to expect except for mm-hmm. for disaster. And I, I I don't even know like I don't know if we're talking about opening up on another podcast, but. Um, like, I don't know what the, like, if we, like, if there's no vaccine in sight, right? So that's the point. I think, like, a vaccine is the point where everything would be back to normal. Like, how long can we take being like this? Like, I think we, t- you talk about herd immunity, and I think, like, that's probably what, what we got to look for. Um, we got to hope that, like, you know, people having the antibodies is, is probably our, the better bet right now in terms of, like, what we're closer to. For, yes. for a, not like a cure, but like in terms of just getting back to normal. So I don't know. It's just I don't know, and I don't know what the long-term economic repercussions are of of us staying like this over an extended period of time. Like we can't be like this for a year, right? Yeah, there's no way. I don't. I don't like. We're already seeing kind of crazy, you know. Just and I, I don't want to say crazy. Just irrational people protesting this uh lockdown yeah, like, at this point like two months in even yeah just about stupid like they just kind of look stupid you know you have people like protesting like i saw a sign the other day like we need haircuts like really that's what you're protesting yeah <laughs> for real like i got my sister to cut my hair evan's rocking the the Hippy look yeah and he could easily just shave it all off and be good so yeah uh, yeah, just in this time, focus on what's important. Also, one final point I want to tell the people to uh, that there are opportunities to make money in this market. As with any market, you just have to be extremely, extremely selective and careful. I wouldn't yep. buy 99.9% of stocks. Um, today, uh, I believe that NAT, uh, Nordic American Tankers, took a 6% loss or not loss sorry six percent like uh made a six percent move downwards and i think that i'm i already bought i don't know if you saw i bought some nat and i think that uh i think people should have a good look at nat stock especially after the six percent downward move because they're making money hand over fist right now it's ridiculous how much they're being paid to to store oil so yeah people should uh should go check out NAT stock. I think that's one of the 0.1% of stocks that is uh, is good in the market right now. But I remember we're not financial advisors. 
do your own research first yeah. uh, before buying any of the stocks we talk about on this pod. I mean, yeah, I think um, in the short term, at least, you'll see things like scale back a bit, but uh, I'll be cash heavy. The only thing I've actually like, I've looked at everything that I have kind of on my watch list and I've like gone through like, you know, I yeah. kind of have them organized by, by like sector and like what, anyways, the only thing I've kind of like looked at that's kind of been knocked down and hasn't really, it's kind of surprising, but it hasn't, you know, gone up with the rest of the, we're talking about like major banks. Like I look at the Canadian banks and like Bank of America and they haven't been, they haven't like, you know, they've been battered down, but they also, they haven't risen up to what the rest of the market has. So that's like kind of interesting to think about as like a long-term safer play. Obviously you're not going to see like a ton of growth there, but if you really want to dip your toes in, that's something I would look at. Yeah, that's a, that's a great, great tip to end on there. Thanks for joining me, Evan. We got to do some more, uh, some more stock talks and things like this in the near future because there's just so much going on like every day something there's new developments so we gotta we gotta keep the people up to date and also chat about this it's very i enjoy it yeah for sure thanks max all right thanks for watching guys make sure that uh or thanks for watching and listening uh, also forgot yeah this is on youtube go check it out um our youtube channel is just what on earth yeah, just one on Earth, no media in there. Our our link uh, to our YouTube channel is on our website. Just go check out our website for, for all the information you need, whatonearthmedia.com. And uh, thanks so much for listening, guys. Talk to you in a while.